Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Good to see you here today. Thank you, Bed. That was great. Well, today I want to preach on a title that is uh, What's in a Name? And I've been thinking about this for a few weeks since... Um, I was at the baby dedication of the amazing Pastor Rach and Emmanuel, who are from C3 to Book It in Bali, and they finally got to have their children dedicated at Hepburn Heights a few weeks ago. After not being back in Australia for three years, Rachel had met or met Emmanuel, they got engaged, they then got married online because they couldn't come back to Perth. And then they had one baby, and then they bought a house, and then they had a second baby, and then they were able to come back. And it was an amazing experience to see these two gorgeous little precious children be dedicated. And to be, it's like a naming ceremony of giving them their names. And I was thinking about how important names are. And Rachel and Manuel have been very intentional with the names of their children, what their names mean. So Raph mean Raphael. Um, Raph is God is healed and Annabelle is gift from God. So I was thinking about the significant times in our lives when names are really important. There's so many of them when names uh, come into play. First of all, of course, is the day that we are born. When we are, our mum gives birth to us, we are given a name. You have no say in that? Hopefully you like your name. I love my name. It means Nicole. It means, I found it recently, Victory of the people, and I love that because I feel like my passion in life is to see the people of God come into victory and freedom in Christ. So I was like, yeah, I'm owning that. That's awesome. Well, we've got three sons, and we chose their names because we like them. <laughs> I mean, some of them are family names, but the meanings didn't really come into play, as you'll see here. Thomas means twin, and he's not one. Connor means hound of the slaughter, and I don't even understand what that is meant to mean. <laughs> like, what is that? And Lachlan means comes from the land of a lake, but he's born in Perth, so obviously not an important prerequisite for us about what names mean. But in biblical times, names were very important and often spoke of and influenced the character of a person. The Old Testament names describe their nature. So we had Abram, meaning exalted, exalted father. That's good. But he was given promise from God that he would have offspring like the stars in the sky. So God changed his name to Abraham, meaning father of a multitude. So every time someone's calling, you're like, Abraham, dinner's ready. They're calling out, father of a multitude. They're speaking that out over him, declaring that promise, which was over his name. And Abraham is mentioned in Romans 4, 17, said, called things, those things that are not, as though they were. And I think even part of that is cool because his name, he's getting called that all the time. God also changed Sarah, his wife's name, to Sarah. Their grandson was named Jacob, meaning supplanter and deceiver, not the best names. And this was seen in his actions. He pretended to be his older brother so that he could steal his birthright which came with a huge financial and spiritual blessing. And we were talking about this earlier. He couldn't, they couldn't get anything else for his brother. He had taken all of that. 
And through his life, he came to a time where he wrestled and encountered God. God touched his hip. His walk was changed physically, but his life was transformed. His walk with God changed. And he became a different person. And God changed his name to Israel, meaning one who prevails with God and God's chosen one. And this signified the life transformation that he had. So when God changed the names in the Bible, he added part of Jehovah or Yahweh, some of the letters from his name, into those names. It's really interesting to have a look at. When I read that, I was like, wow, that's pretty incredible. So another significant event in my life involved a name change, and that was when I made a decision to ask Jesus to be the Lord and Saviour of my life. I was born again. I had my natural birth with my mum, 18th of February, 1968, but then came my spiritual birth. I received a new name and I was a new creation in Christ, born again Christian, and started the journey to a new nature and character. And when we meet God and allow him to transform us, our character changes because he wants us to grow from glory to glory, to be more like Christ Jesus, to be more in his likeness and his image. And there's some of a family resemblance we can show you a picture of our son Connor now and a picture of Steve at the same age and it's uncanny. Like our granddaughter's like, oh, it's Uncle Connor. We're like, that's actually granddad. There is such a strong family resemblance that has come over the years, it's uncanny. But we want people to see us and think, wow, you resemble your spiritual family. We are more loving, gracious, kind, generous, patient, <laughs> serving, just like our spiritual dad and like Jesus. We want to have that family resemblance. When I was married, I had another name change. My surname was Clark, which was so easy to spell. But then I took on the name Ma, which is not easy to read or to spell, and I spent my life sorting that one out. But when we got married, we recognised God had joined us together to be one flesh. When we're married, we leave our old family and we cleave to each other. We became the Ma family. A new entity, a union, Steve and Nicole. And we were a family from that point. Whether we had children or not, we were a family. We chose to have children and they were very welcome members of our team. But that's where we started the Ma family, was our own entity there. We started our own family and traditions and values and lifestyle. We used to say to our kids, we're the Ma family. We have fun and we love Jesus. We are blessed. And as I got older, and we do first-time obedience. You're just trying to sort of get that, get that in there, like a little family motto. But that was our family. When we chose to be fully water baptised, we were baptised into the name of the, fam of the family of God, buried our old man, our old nature, baptised into the family name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus himself was baptised. And it was a really significant event in his life. As he came out of the waters, the Holy Spirit descended on him. And Father God himself said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am pleased. Wow. Well, that's understandable because this 30-year-old, he had changed the world. He had preached the most incredible sermons. He had done miracles. He announced that he was going to be, you know, bring the kingdom of God to earth and not, of course God was pleased with him but no actually he hadn't done any of that nothing 
He'd not preached one message. He'd not done one miracle. He had no achievements under his belt. And it doesn't make sense. But actually it does. <laughs> because he was loved by his Father God. And he was pleasing to him because he was his son. He carried his family name. And when you become a parent, you totally understand this. You give birth to this tiny human who looks like Winston Churchill, but you think is the most beautiful baby that has ever graced the planet. Look, years later, you may look back at those fresh you know, newborn photos and go, probably not as cute as I thought they were back then, but they are now. And we have those rose-coloured parent glasses, and of course, even more so with grandparents. <laughs> but babies, they come, and they are totally reliant on you for everything. They will literally die if you put them down and walk away, and if you left them there. They can't feed themselves, they can't walk or talk, they can't toilet themselves, they can't think much, they can't love you back, really takes a while for them to smile. They do not contribute financially, quite the opposite. They can't provide you with a meal. They can't do anything. <laughs> and they have done nothing to be part of the family. Achieve nothing, no miracles, there's no eloquence of speech, but we love them with our whole heart and we sacrifice everything for them. We give them everything that they need and later much of what they want. We love unconditionally and are so proud of them. They bear our family name and they belong. And so they are loved and they please us. That's what it was like for Jesus with Father God. There are privileges that come with the family name. You have a home, you have somewhere where you can lay your head. You can just walk up to the fridge and help yourself to anything in there any time of night or day, apparently. You can just help yourself to every provision that is there. And you can use that name to access authority that is yours. So my work office in the last 18 years has been at the C3 Hepburn Heights campus. And often that is not accessible to the public. And I would sometimes say to my, my sons, can you please go and get this for me? Or they wanted to do something in there. And, well, what if they won't let me in? Tell them you're Pastor Nicole's kid, you're a marquee. You get in. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> So there's an authority there, and it works in the spiritual family too. So years ago, Pastor Jonathan Keldy was my boss, and he'd say, you need to do this, ring one of the other churches, and he'd say, use my name in vain. So Pastor John said, can we have this? And I do this now. I'll say, hi, I'm Nicole Ma. I'm from Pastor Jay Schroeder's church, Hepburn Heights in Perth. Oh, we love Pastor Jay's. So your church is amazing. What can we do for you? And I'm like, I need this, I need that. Can you help me with this? Can I get this resource? Absolutely, we'll do that for you. Say hi to Pastor Jay's for us. I use their name, I the authority that comes with them to access the provision that I need. Their name open doors, opens doors, because there's an authority there. If one of our sons was wanting to go to his brother and say, give me that toy or that Xbox controller, their brothers wouldn't listen. But if they say, mum said you need to give that to me, probably a much higher chance of that happening because it's my authority or dad's authority, more so behind it. And when we're born again, we're a new creation in Christ. Then we're baptised in the name of Jesus. And Jesus means saviour. 
And there's many named Jesus, but his full name is Jesus Christ. And it's anointed in the Greek word for the Hebrew Messiah, which is Jesus' official title. And in the New Testament, this title is linked with Messiah Jesus 514 times. So Jesus' name means Saviour, and this is his special role. This is his character. This is his nature. He saves his people from the guilt of sin by cleansing them in his own atoning blood. Apostle Peter said in Acts 4.12, Salvation is found, have you got that one? Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. He saves us from the dominion of sin by putting in our hearts the sanctifying spirit. He saves us from the presence of sin when he takes us out of this world to rest with him. He will save us from all the consequences of sin when he will give us a glorious body at the last day. So those seeking salvation may draw near to the Father with boldness and have access with confidence through Christ. It's his role and his delight to show mercy. And John 3, 17 says, For God didn't send his Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world should be saved through him. The name of Jesus is important because of its meaning and because of whom it represents. There is power and authority in the person of Jesus, of Jesus Christ. More so than any other names, we associate the name of Jesus with his distinctive character, quality and work. To pray a prayer in Jesus' name is to recognise that we are coming in the righteousness of Christ, not our own. We don't deserve to be heard by God, but Jesus does, and we've come in his name. Now, our enemy, Satan, he has a name. He's known as the accuser of the brethren, father of lies, and he's constantly accusing each of us. He's telling Father God of our sins. He's trying to diminish our value and our right standing in God, using our old names and our old labels in nature, which have been removed and are gone. But we can keep dwelling in the past and our failures and even be tormented by these. You know, I've done some really bad things, so I don't deserve God's love and favour. Well, actually, no, none of us do deserve it. But God says in his word in Ephesians 2, 8, For by grace you have been saved by faith. Nothing you did could ever earn this salvation, for it was a love gift from God that brought us to Christ. Can you pop that one up for us? So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. We have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. It's amazing, isn't it? We were handcrafted, designed by God himself. Your value has been assigned by God. From the second that he created you in, his, in your mother's womb, handcrafted you, your poetry to him. The devil may try to diminish your value. You might feel that you've been used or there's been dirty, feel dirty the way that you've been treated. You've been treated in a way that you weren't created for. 
but your value is assigned by the Heavenly Father. You know, I've got here a $50 bill. So what is that $50 worth? Not a trick question. <laughs> it's worth $50. And there it is. That's a nice, crisp, clean one. But if I screw it up, if I scrunch it, if I put it in the dirt, if I pour tomato sauce on it, if I treat it like that, okay. You don't want it now, do you? How much is it worth? $50. That is its value. It doesn't matter what has happened to it. That is the value of what it is. It still holds its original value. And when you want to know the purpose of something, you look at the manufacturer's design and instructions. You were created in Christ for good works. So what God, your creator, says about you, that is what is the truth. Yeah. And we face a battle in our mind. I know especially women we do. You know, do we live according to our circumstances or choose to not walk in the purpose in which we were designed? Or do we live life according to what God has called us to and designed us to be. And the enemy tries to remind God of our past sins and failures and you're not worthy, but Jesus is our advocate. It's like in a court in front of a judge and there's someone accusing us, but Jesus is there and he vouches for us. He said, yes, yes, they were sinners. Yeah, we deserve death and punishment, but he took on our sin and he became sin. He bore the brunt of that so that we stand before Father God righteous. Yeah. Father, you know that it is finished. These sins have been paid for once and for all. Yes. Let them go. Their sin has been wiped away as far as the east from the west. It's like, yeah. what sin? Justice must be done, but Father God knows it has been fulfilled. He sees Jesus standing there. He sees the scars on his hands and his feet and his head and his back and his side because his own son was crushed under sin's eternal way. God has done three things to make us perfectly righteous in his sight. He's ended our old life in Adam, that fleshy life. He's given us a new life in Christ. And he has given Christ to us as our righteousness. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For God made the only one who did not sin to become the righteousness of God through our union with him. We are born again. We're a new creation in Christ. He is in us. He gives us his name. And God changes names to reflect their new nature and character in line with his promises and mission. He's working on changing our nature and character. We are his children. He's even adopted us and given us his name, brought us into his family. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ himself. That means that whatever he is an heir to, we have. We have all of those provisions. All authority has been given to us and every inheritance is ours. We are in Christ and he is in us. It's a bit hard to comprehend, isn't it? We are righteous and we have authority in Christ. And Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, all authority in earth and heaven has been given to me. Then he delegated to us, his followers. He said, so go and make disciples 
And then in Mark 16, 17, 18, it says, And these signs will follow them that believe. This is us. In my name, they will cast out devils, speak in new tongues, take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Don't go and do this on purpose to test it. That's not what it's about. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. In the name of Jesus, he authorised us. He gave us his name and his authority. The power is in the name. The name above every other name. That's what we've been seeing today and worshipping, declaring across our congregation. And Jesus teaches believers to pray in his name. That is, to pray in his authority. The type of prayer that he would pray. We see this in John 14. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. In the Bible, when people spoke or acted in the name of Jesus, they did as the Lord, they did it as the Lord's representatives in his authority. So Acts 3:16. Healing and miracles were performed in the name of Jesus. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. And the very life of the believer is to be lived in the name of Jesus. By doing so, bring glory to God. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is a name which is especially sweet and precious to believers. You know, we're singing earlier, Jesus is called Prince of Peace. He has given us what money cannot buy, an inward peace. There's so many things in the different names of Jesus that we have access to. So what do we do with this? Well, ask Holy Spirit. We ask him to dwell in us and to lead us. His name, his role, his job description is this, to lead us, challenge and convict us. So ask him to help, keep your heart right, to not, you know, to help, not choose to sin. That sounds a bit worth everyone. <laughs> to walk in his ways. And if you, if you do sin or you do something that's wrong or you've got an attitude, just get Holy Spirit to convict you and quickly move on that. Repent, turn around and make thing right, things right with God straight away so that there's no blockages in the way and so that the devil's accusations have no substance. The Holy Spirit brings things to remembrance. That's another thing that he does. So ask him to remind you who you are and what is yours in Christ. To stand in that authority that is given to us. Holy Spirit empowers us and says in his word to be witnesses, to move in faith, to pray for healings and miracles. Jesus said, you will do greater things than I have done. And that's such a weird thing to try to comprehend. But one of the ways my little simple mind thinks of it is 
It's not just Jesus in one place in a human body. There's now millions of Christians all over the world. So more things are being done all the time as we're standing in his authority and power and doing that. We have access to more people, more of us everywhere. I don't know if that's right, but that just helps me comprehend with my little mind. <laughs> so we pray in the name of Jesus and he hears our faith-filled requests. What else can we do? Read the Bible the Word of God, and ask Holy Spirit for revelation so that we know who we are. So when the devil comes and he's um, lying to us, we can stand and having done all, stand. Ephesians 6, 11 says, Put on the whole armour of God so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. Be aware of his devices. Don't give him a stronghold. This is in verse 12, that you can stand and continue standing. It's a really great study to have a look at the armour of God that is in Ephesians 6 because it's, each thing has a different role. And we want to um, be aware of what it is that we have access to so that we can have those keys and we can be victorious. So, for instance, the helmet of salvation, we've been, I've talked so much about salvation and the righteousness and the right standing that comes with that. The helmet of salvation protects our mind. You know, my mind goes on many tangents and I can, you know, get into a negative place really quickly, but I have to listen to God and his word, the truth. And if... The enemy's coming and saying, you're not good enough, you're not saved. I'm like, no, I've got my helmet of salvation and I know what I believe. The truth is I am in Christ, I am not condemned, I'm his child and I walk in his authority and power. Lisa, would you come? Thank you. Let's stand. What's your next? step today in this. We're encouraged to hear the word of God and listen to the preaching of his word and then walk into walk in it, put it into practice. So what is Holy Spirit saying to you now? Let's just stand in the presence. Ask him. What areas do I need strengthening in this week? Maybe you haven't been born again. Ask Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. To be born again and to come into his family. We made that decision before but have drifted away from God. But want to come close again today. Today is the day of salvation. You can do that now. With every eye closed. If that's you, just raise your hand so I can see it and acknowledge you. going to pray this together and you can receive it in your hearts. Jesus, I'm a sinner needing a saviour. I repent, no, I'll do it. It's okay. I repent of my sin and selfishness and ask for your forgiveness. I turn from my old ways and receive salvation from you through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Take control of my life and help me to walk in your footsteps daily by the power of the Holy Spirit. I come into your family now. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time or 
today seemed like a time that it was really real. Come and talk to Steve or me afterwards. We'd love to give you some information and help you on your journey, this new walk with God, being part of his family. Maybe you haven't been fully water baptised into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you'd like to talk to Pastor Steve about that after church or later this week. Find out what it involves. If that's you, pop your hand up. If you were interested in finding about water baptism, awesome, pop your hand. let see that. That's great. So we will make some time to... Pastor Steve loves teaching people about water baptism and taking them through that next step. You may be struggling with knowing your identity in Christ. Maybe there's been some old names and labels from family, so-called friends, teachers, work colleagues, just tormenting voices battling in your mind. Holy Spirit wants to release you today from labels, names, expectations that are not yours to carry anymore. Holy Spirit, reveal to us now if there's anything that the enemy is trying to bring against us, anything from the past that he's trying to use as an accusation. strategies that he uses. Maybe you've been told or spoke, had spoken over you, you're a loser or a dunce. You're the black sheep of the family. You're the divorcee. You're not enough. You're too much. <laughs> you're a non-finisher. Whatever it is, just release those to God. Father God, we pray for revelation now. We thank you for the freedom that comes in Christ. I pray for each and every one of us here that we would have a passion for your word so that we can see ourselves in the new light of being in Christ. For some of you, you might really benefit from having some prayer ministry with a pastor. That's a great thing to do. Book in some time and get some prayer so that those things from the past can be just released and let go. It's such a powerful thing to do. Come to Prayer Connect. Get built up in the Word, prayer and spirit. That's a great way to connect with others like Scott was talking about in communion, how important that is to connect and communicate and have that unity. And come and when we hear the Word, when we're under the power of the Spirit, we can grow in God and be more and more like our Father God, like our here with Jesus. Thank you. Holy Spirit, I pray for everyone here that you would work in us. Help us to see ourselves as Christ sees us. That we would walk in your authority that you have purchased for us through Jesus' righteousness. Give us a boldness to pray faith-filled prayers in your name, believing for freedom and salvation, healing, breakthrough in those around us. Let us allow you to guide us to live in your new and living way. I just declare this verse from Philippians over you. Philippians 1, 27. 
that whatever happens, we will conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ and that we will stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give. Thank you.